0: Everybody and Welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zubi, and this podcast is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So today we are going to be discussing, we're sort of going like a throwback, it was like a throwback Thursday type podcast where we're going to go a little old school here. Um, I recently listened to an old episode of Magic with Zuby, like episode seven or eight or something, something really old and holy crap, it was terrible. Not that it's any better now, but. It was bad, and I feel like I've come a little bit of a long way from there. But anyways, um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to be discussing just a few topics this week. Uh, it's kind of slow in the magic realm right now. I've, I've got a bunch of interviews lined up, but then with logistics, you know, just not lining up here. So I'm having to do a solo episode this week for you all because I will not be able to get an interview I'm recording an interview this week, but I will not be able to get the episode out in time for the Friday release. So, anyways, we're going to be discussing Ultimate Masters and the Pro Tour decklist, because Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica just happened, and it ended. So... Uh, before we get into that, let's get some announcements out of the way. Magic Azubi can be found on the following. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. It can also be found on... I was actually doing some research because... You know, when you're running a podcast and even any any kind of content creation, you're always wanting to grow, right? You're always wanting to market yourself out. It's not just releasing a podcast and boom, you're done. No, no, no. There's so much other work behind the scenes. I probably spent... I don't know how many hours Saturday morning just researching on how to make this thing keep going, so to say. And um, I was looking at a lot of podcast directory apps, and holy crap, Magic Azubi is on so many other podcast app directories that I had no idea about. Um, I assume it's pretty common for, you know, once someone catches your uh, RSS feed, it's probably in. in so many other databases as well so it's probably not that uncommon or not that unheard of but to me I was just thinking to myself holy shit this has a lot more reach than I thought in terms of being able to find the podcast not that I'm getting you know millions of downloads or anything like that but um it was kind of surprising and anyways um going base, I don't even know where I was going with that but, um, yeah, I found myself in other uh, podcast directories. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, just search Magic with Zuby on YouTube. It'll be the first thing that pops up my channel. I am... Oh, one other thing I wanted to mention. So, starting soon, and maybe after this recording here, I'm going to record a little something. Um, I've been seriously, seriously wanting to do some Dungeons & Dragons content. And maybe not just D&D related, but tabletop RPG content. Because... I am very passionate about RPGs, Um, not just video games, but tabletop as well. And I'm thinking of doing a separate kind of episode series that I'll release on YouTube as video and on the podcast as sort of like secondary episodes that'll just be released randomly. I'll record something, uh, do some post-production and release it, and it won't be on a set day. It'll never be on a Friday. By the way, so it'll always you'll always get your Friday Magic the Gathering Magic Wazubie episode. And then randomly I'll release an RPG episode. I'm almost thinking of calling it Magic Wazoobie RPG Companion. And I've got some ideas of what I do. I know in the past I have tried to include D content on the episode, but you know, I've noticed that the majority of my audience is here for Magic, and I'm going to stick with that, and Magic is not going anywhere, but I still love playing d d you know, right? And I, I want to have an avenue to talk about it, and I feel like this is the perfect place, and, <clears throat> you know, Magic and d d go hand in hand. They're both made by the same company, and, you know, a lot of people play them together. So I want to start doing it and you're going to start seeing if you're subscribed to the podcast, you're going to start seeing random episodes pop up and then you will also see those videos appear on the YouTube channel as well. So look out for that. That's going to be coming in the near future. Um, What else here? Oh, if you want to help support the show, um, you know, subscribing to the YouTube channel is definitely helping helps. Uh, you can check out the Patreon at patreon.com/magicwazubi, slash and you know you can also look at my show sponsors as well. Uh, LegitMTG.com. If you are in need of any sealed or sealed Magic product or singles, uh, definitely check them out because any order over two dollars or more gives you free shipping. They have been with us for a very long time, and I still enjoy having them around. They've been nothing but good to me these past years and then next we have Manatraders.com if you want to maybe you want to do a mox or maybe a PTQ or something on Magic Online and you just don't want to have to go out and buy the singles of the deck and you know there's a cheap and easy solution for you and that's Manatraders.com they will allow you to rent any deck um, and you can pay a monthly subscription for that. They allow you to rent that deck for X amount of hours or I think for almost as long as you want. Um, I mean, not as long as you want, but it's a good chunk of time. I'd have to look at the how many hours you get, but it's a lot of hours, even on the cheapest selection there. But if you decide to do that, there is a way to save money doing that as well too. If you use coupon code MTGZUBY on checkout, that's MTGZUBY, MTGZUBY, and you will save 15% off your first 3 months. Definitely check that out Magic Online while you know Magic Arena is all the still everybody what everybody's talking about, but if you're really interested in getting better at the game of Magic and, you know, you want to try to take that PTQ or a MOX or whatever kind of event challenge that you want to look into and you don't want to have to buy the singles Manatraders.com is the perfect website for that so finishing all that. Let's get right into the show. Um, Before we get into the topics here, you know, I used to do a segment of like all the time of the magic that I've been playing and I just realized, because listening to the old episode, I saw I would talk about that a lot and I haven't been doing that at all. I mean, last week I had that vlog of GP Atlanta and i got some good feedback on that vlog that for the next gp that i do or maybe another big magic event that i do or convention i've got some better ideas of what i want to do my problem was and i wanted to do some more interviews on site but i was thinking of doing it and then by the time i remembered i wanted to do that i'd already been you know four or five hours playing magic and then I forgot and then I catch up with someone and, you know, just shoot the shit or whatever, just start talking to them. And then, you know, by the time I remembered, Oh, Hey, I want to interview this person or that person or, t- you know, get this person on camera I completely forgot or I couldn't find them. And then, you know, it got time to, Oh shit, it's dinner time and I'm ready to go. And boom. Um, but no, it was, it was a lot of fun. So the next GP, your big, uh, Thing or the big magic event that I visit, I've got ideas of what I want to do. I want to continue doing this kind of vlog series here and um, make it even better for you all. So be on the lookout for that. Um, so what other kind of magic have I been playing? I did FNM and went 1-3 because I'm terrible at magic. I brought Jeskai Control and not that the deck wasn't suited against my little local meta and all that. It was just God, I had one major misplay happen, and I want to talk about this. Someone was playing Naya Dinosaurs, or yeah, or Red Green Dinosaurs. I think he had white. He may have had white. Um, I can't remember now. But he was also kind of playing a burn variant of it as well too. So I was down to five life, and I had four mana. And I had a Cleansing Nova in hand. I just needed one more mana. And I go to do a... He plays something. I counterspell it with Sinister Sabotage. And I Surveil one. And then I Surveil a a Shock Land on the top. And I was so afraid that if I play that land, I'm going to be down to three. Because he has cards in hand and untapped mana. That he could just lightning strike me and kill me. Right then and there. Um, so I did the bad play of... N- putting that land in the graveyard hoping for another land because I'm playing 27 lands and then I just lose and yeah so I learned to I just need to take the risk anyway because it was the right play and I knew immediately as soon as I put in that graveyard I'm like shit I should have taken it and I could have had a chance of you know takesy backsies and all that stuff because it's FNM it's casual enough and everybody there is not like you know oh super try hard and all that stuff but um, oh well uh, I mean, and then I lost against Murfolk at on the last round. I I managed to beat Golgari. I feel like my Golgari matchup's pretty good with Jeskai control. And then I lost against uh, Boros Borosagro. It was just way too fast, and I got land flooded. I mean, it happens. It's, it's magic for you. Um, and Murfolk, it was just too many creatures coming at me, and I couldn't. I wiped the board and try to kill that stupid enchantment that keeps pooping out merfolk every time you cast a merfolk spell and it was just too much for me to handle um, so what I've decided to build is five color control with lich's mastery um, that ally deck that he's been running and I must say that deck looks so sweet, I've been gold fishing it a lot so I don't really have much to say about it um, maybe after I play it at a FM or two, I can come back and talk more about it, but I love that Lich's mastery card so much. It's one of my favorite new designs. And I can't wait to play that deck. It looks so dumb. And I just need to play something dumb and not very meta. Right? Because not that the meta of standard right now is bad. I'm just kind of bored of all the decks. You know, because I have all the meta decks in Magic Arena, and now I just don't really want to play meta decks when I go to FNM and Paper. I kind of want to play something different and unique, you know? Um, Nothing wrong with that. So I'm trying to think. Oh, and then I took my oldest daughter, uh, Jazzy, to go draft at the LGS on Saturday, and we. And then George, the one from last week, brought his two kids. And then we had another guy draft with us. So we only had a six-man pod. It wasn't a full pod or anything. But I drafted a disgusting is it deck that splashed white for Conclave Tribunal and Tagic Legion's Edge. Um, And there was one other white card. I'll have to look at the list. But those were the two cards that I splashed white for. And so many jumpstart cards. I had to... um, There was one pack, and I look at it, and of course you know, this is my first time drafting Guilds of Ravnica, by the way. That wasn't on Magic Arena. I've done so much Paper Sealed. This is my first time drafting. Uh, One of the packs that got passed to me had an Amara, Soul of the Accord, and then I saw a Watcher in the Mist. I'm like oh my god, this was pack two, I want to say. Pack two, pick two or three. And um. I see that Amara, and I'm just thinking, oh my gosh, it's such a good card. How is this not getting picked? And granted, there are a lot of new people. Like, my daughter's never drafted before. One of George's kids has never drafted before. So I understand. I get it. They're going to pick cards that they think are good. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But I'm just looking at, just saying, oh my god, I can pick this Amara. Or I'm going to pick the card that's better for my deck. And then... Um... <laughs> And then George's son, who plays a lot of Magic, passed me a disgusting pack. I think he picked a Playcrafter out of it. And he passed me. And green wasn't in his color, so he passed me an Assassin's Trophy. And green and black were not in any of my colors, and I I had to take the Assassin's Trophy. It's a money card, right? And I just took it because there there was some other decent cards in that pack that I could have taken for my deck, but... You know, sometimes you got to take the money pick, right? So we played. Um, I went three and zero and got first place out of it. Jazzy had a hell of a time. She had so much fun. We did some EDH. Um, I'm really trying to fine tune my Psymaster Master Thopteris deck, and I've got some cards coming in the, coming on the way. And I am really liking that deck because it can just get. Stupidly strong fast because turn three Psy, possibly turn two Psy if I do a island soul ring, turn one, and then you know, just start pooping out Thopters. It's what I've noticed with the little bit of time I've played Psy is it's very resilient to board wipes where I can just get Psy out again and just start pooping out artifacts and pooping out thopters. So I'm really enjoying it. I've got some changes I want to do. I want to do a deck tech video of it when I've got it um when I've got the deck finalized of how I like it. So other than that, that's really been it for magic. Um, you know, the whole I mean, what else does any other magic player do? It's the never-ending sorting of magic cards. I'm working on um I think I mentioned in my little vlog episode last week. I've got about 60,000 cards and I'm working on reducing it. Uh, it's, I'm probably going to be reduced to probably ten to 20,000 by the time I'm done, so that's a big chunk that I'm reducing, and it's just slowly going because it's just so boring to do. I mean, usually what I'll do is I'll put on a stupid sitcom that I don't really need to pay too much attention to and just sort my cards, and I've been slacking on it bad. It's, it's so boring. I don't, I don't know what to do with it, but... Anyways, let's get on to Ultimate Masters here. Ultimate Masters was announced. It is coming out December 7th, 2018. It's going to have 254 cards. It is the ultimate reprint set, according to Wizards. It's going to have 24 packs per box. And it's going to have one ultimate box topper that's going to have a series of full art, really awesome looking cards. And we're going to go over all the potential cards the box topper could be. You know, I should switch the screen. If you're watching this, I'm going to do a little screen switch here so you don't get to see my beautiful face. So if you notice right away, the price, the MSRP is a bit ridiculous. This is the most expensive uh, master set that has ever come out. I think this is the most expensive magic product. Has ever been released MSRP? Uh, If I'm wrong, please correct me and tell me what the actual most expensive Magic product is. Uh, As far as I know, it's this right here. At $335.76 per box, we better be getting some awesome, awesome reprints. As of this recording, I'm recording Sunday, the day of Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica ended. And this is the 11th, November 11th. Um, we do not know any other cards that are coming out as far as what's already been spoiled here on this webpage. So, and then um, $34.99 per 3-pack blister pack. And what are the... Oh, each booster pack is going to have an MSRP, I think, of thirteen point ninety-nine, making it a super expensive booster. My gosh. Um, so the price the price is a little bit crazy i mean already stores are thinking this is going to be like the next masters 25 and iconic masters because i i just bought my box for 270 and i see its stores going as low as you know 240 250 already so if if you're gonna buy a box of this look out for those deals um those deals that may be the best 270 may be the best price right now because if this set has a lot of reprint duds it's going to go lower but if it has a lot and i'm hoping it has a lot of good reprints here in terms of even just the commons and uncommons it may be something really good and the price may just shoot back up i don't know who knows um but let's talk about the ultimate box topper so each box is going to come with an ultimate box topper which is going to be a single card in every sealed box and it's going to be a full art full art card of one of the mythics and um i think it's what one of 40 cards is it does it say yeah all 40 of them so we're going to go over all 40 cards here so it's going to So the reprints that we know of for sure in Ultimate Master is going to be Emrakul, the Aeons Torn, Karn Liberated, which I'm glad to see that be reprinted. I really need to pick up a copy of Emrakul. She's the only Eldrazi I don't have. Uh, Then we got Kozlik, Butcher of Truth, Ulamog, the Infinite Gyre, Gyre, Gyro, I don't know. Snapcaster Mage, which, why is it this art? It's not that the art's bad, it's just I really prefer the original Snapcaster art. Um, we've got temporal manipulation, which I'm kind of glad to see that one be reprinted. Um, I don't think when was the last time that seen a reprint, right? Bitter Blossom, I'm happy to see that. Uh, demonic tutor, the art on this is ridiculous. Here, let me zoom in a little bit. Um, then we got Gorio's vengeance. The art's pretty damn cool on that one. Uh, Liliana the Veil, I'm glad to see that being reprinted again. Uh, Micaius the Unhallowed this one definitely needed a reprint this was going up in price and it's such a good zombie card for EDH Um, next we got Reanimate Reanimate. that just looks like a freaking awesome card Um, it's Grave Titan being reanimated here Uh, Tasikur the Golden Fang I'm a fan of this new art it looks really badass here Um, next we got Balefire Dragon then Through the Breach, this is by far my favorite art in the entire set right now. Um, if there's anything better than this, I want a print of this art here, Through the Breach. You see, if, if you're listening to this in Audioland, the art is Nahiri standing on like a rock, I think like surrounded by water, and it looks like she's summoning Emrakul to Innistrad. And this this... It's just so badass. That's all I can say. It just looks so badass. Uh, next, we got Eternal Witness. Uh, you know, I'm glad to see that get a reprint. I mean, the last time was reprinted in Commander 2015, I think, or 2016. Uh, Life from the Loam, uh, Noble Hierarch, which needs another reprint. Cause that's because that's being played everywhere. Uh, Tarmogoyf, which is going to be what? It's fourth or fifth reprint now. Uh, Vengevine. I'm glad to see that be reprinted. Gaddick Teague. I don't mind some Gaddick Teague myself. Leovold, which is a surprising reprint. Uh, when was that printed? Conspiracy? I think it was the second Conspiracy set, right? Uh, Lord of Extinction. Maelstrom Pulse. Sigarda. Host of Herons. And Fulminator Mage. We got Kitchen Finks, which that's surprising. They're adding that um, as one of the ultimate box toppers. Engineered Explosives, a much-needed reprint. I can't believe how much that shot up through the through the roof in terms of price. Mana Vault, I like that. It's being reprinted. Platinum Empyrean, uh, Ancient Tomb. Cavern of Souls, which is another much-needed reprint. Celestial Colonnade, which is another much-needed reprint. I don't think it's ever been reprinted, right? Celestial Colonnade, I think there's only been one printing. Uh, Creeping Tar Pit, good. I'm glad. Um, Dark Depths, which was the last time that I got reprinted was was it from the vault set? I can't remember which one. Uh Caracas, uh which hasn't been reprinted since Eternal Masters, I wanna say. Uh Lava Call Lava Claw Reaches. Uh Raging Ravine, Stirring Wildwood, eh, it's the worst one. Um Herborg Tomb of Yogmoth is the last one you know I definitely like the art on this one too so though there, there you have it for the 40 box toppers there um, I'm definitely excited to get my box and can't wait to crack it you know I should probably film it right on what I crack open I probably will and um, hopefully get some good stuff here there's a lot of good modern stuff a lot of good EDH stuff and yeah and heck even some good legacy stuff too um So there we go. That's ultimate masters. on the price a little bit out there, but what can you do? I mean, if anything, if you really want to box, find those deals now, because if all the reprints in this set are really as just as good as those 40 cards I just mentioned, then we got problems. The price is going to shoot up. So maybe the time is now to buy it. I don't know. I don't know. But now, let's get into some Pro Tour deck list here. And then we'll call it a night. It's going to be a little bit of a shorter podcast here. Uh, so, Pro Tour Guilds of Ravnica just happened. And let's go over the deck list here. And um, let me zoom in a little bit. Uh, we're going to go over the top eight deck lists. And then we will get into the 27 to 30 match point deck list. And then the deck list the, where they... The players did really well, but maybe they didn't do that good and limited to where... And that's why they couldn't make top 8. So, um there was a lot of red-white aggro in the top 8 here. And rightfully so. I know there, out of the metagame, there was a crap ton more Golgari more than anything. And I'm not surprised that not a single Golgari made top 8 because... While that deck is really resilient and good, this seems to be a very aggro favored meta. And as you can tell, we have Michael Bernat on red white aggro, Jeremy Desani on Boros aggro, uh, Andrew Ellen Bogan, who won the Pro Tour with red white aggro, uh, Wilson Mock on Jeskai Control, my favorite standard deck right now, Casper uh, Nielsen on red white aggro, Luis Scott Vargas on red white aggro. Tejun Hao on red white aggro and Yuya want to be on is it drakes? So, only really two decks that were different compared to the rest. We had six red white aggro decks, except one of them was calling himself Boros aggro. Uh, probably because of Aurelia, yeah, that's all I can really tell because all the others look exactly the same, but um. Just going over some of them, like the red-white aggro here, uh, we got Dauntless Bodyguard, and we got Healer's Hawk, which has turned into a really good creature card, uh, Sky, Mo- Sky Marcher at Aspirant, Ugh, I can't say any of these names, with the Ascend or if you get the City's Blessing, that has Flying. Snubhorn Sentry, which I was really surprised to see, but this card is surprisingly really good in these kind of redway aggro decks because once it has Ascend, it has the City's Blessing, it gets plus 3, plus 0 as long as you have the City's Blessing. So it becomes a 3-3 three, three for 1. Yeah, at first it may be... Um, You know, 0 3 at first, but it's really easy to get the city's blessing here, especially when you have cards like Legion's Landing, History of Benalia, and even Conclave Tribunal. Um, And then you got cards like. Uh, Banalish Marshal, Adonto Vanguard, and Venerated Loxodon to really help you boost uh, Banalish Marshal and Venerated Loxodon to help boost your team up. Uh, Pride of Conquerors as your sort of combat trick to pump your team as well. So it's a pretty straightforward aggro deck here. Um, just really make a lot of creatures and swing and win. Um, there's I mean this deck is very um, weak to board wipes but it looks like with this kind of deck especially with legions landing and history Banale, you can just keep pooping out tokens um so then the boros aggro the only kind of difference i see here is it's got hunted witness uh goblin instigator boros challenger aurelia exemplar of justice uh we got heroic reinforcements which is two red and a white create two one one white soldier creature tokens until end of turn creatures you control get plus one plus one and gain haste so it helps put more bodies out on the board and that also has pride of conquerors and that's really the only difference I really see between the boros aggro and red white aggro is it's got a little bit of some bigger creatures there like aurelia and it doesn't seem to be as fast as from what I can tell um I mean, it's still a fast deck, the Boros Aggro, but Red White seems to be a little bit faster. And I know, I know, I can't stand the names. It's Red White Aggro should just be called Boros Aggro, and Boros Agro should just be called Boros Aggro. But they probably did that because they didn't want to get the names confused or the naming convention confusing, but whatever. Um, I'm looking at another Red White Aggro list, see if it's any different. It looks pretty much exactly the same. Um, except you know there is some difference in sideboard. But well, I'm not gonna really get into that. Uh the the Jeskai control um is a bit different from the one I was playing. I had three Teferi and two Ral Isits, and then yeah, I did have three Crackling Drakes and two Niv Mezzets. So this one definitely relied on the longer game. <clears throat> with having 4 Teferi and 3 Crackling Drake, uh, more Deafening Clarions, and 2 Cleansing Novas, and no mainboard settles, but it did have... Oh, wow. Not wow not a single Settle the Wreckage in this deck. Wow. So is Settle the Wreckage just losing favor now in the meta? Because I still love that card. It is still such a really good card for me. Oh, oh wait, no. That's Sinister Sabotage. Oh, my gosh. I'm not the brightest. So... Um, and no lava coils main board either, huh? I guess it goes to show that I really don't know how to play magic, but anyways, oh, revitalize. Well, I guess that could be useful against, um, especially burn and aggro decks because the control game is slower, so you just gain some life and draw a card, so it's not too bad. Um, this one, this red-white aggro by Casper Nielsen, this looks closer to Boros aggro. Um, has a Knight of Grace, though. And that's really about it. That's the only real difference I can see, and it has a Boros guild gate. Okay. So, it's really the only difference I see there. Then Luis Scott Vargas's red-white aggro did have a Johnny's Pride Mate, which is a difference compared to the others. Um... And that's really it. Has some heal. Oh, Leon and Vanguards as well. too. Yeah, this one, people were saying on Twitter, this looks straight out of Magic Arena. And pretty much it does. Uh, then we got Taejin Howe's Red White Aggro. And that looks really no different from anyone else's. Uh, Yuya Wontanabe's Is It Drake's, which is such a crazy fast deck. Um, this deck can just steal games out of nowhere. And it looks to be a pretty average. Is it Drake's deck? I'm not seeing anything out of the ordinary here. Um, so there you go. That's there you have it for your top eight here. And um, let's get into because when we look at the 30 point or 27 point decks, the people who went 10 and 0 or 9 and 1 in standard, but may not have done well in limited at all, we get a much different picture of the meta game. Uh, when we look at some of these decks here, so let me get back to ah, here we go. Uh, first one with uh, I'm not even gonna try to attempt to pronounce these names. Uh, we got Mono Blue Tempo, uh, which is surprisingly a pretty fast deck. The one thing with Mono Blue Tempo though is um, it relies a lot on Curious Obsession for for your win con, but it can still Win you games because of Merfolk Trickster, uh, Exclusion Mage to bounce them back. Uh, War Kite Marauder, surprisingly, is really good. Uh, Siren Storm Tamer to be your sort of counter spell uh, that against creature removal, because um, it does also play Wizard's Retort as well here, because you've got plenty of wizards uh, for you. Tempest Dijin is just a monster to deal with, because you have 20 islands in your deck. Um, I really like this deck. It's Pretty pretty fun, and um, but it's just your kind of normal aggro deck. It's pretty straightforward here. Uh, next we got another red white aggro deck. Um, this one has Rustwing Falcon in it, which is very different compared to the others. That's the only real difference I see here. Uh, next we got another is it Drake deck. This one's not playing any Enigma Drakes. Uh, this one's going more for the burn. Um, yeah, you know, the burn kind of route there, and more draw card heavy. Uh, another is it's Drake. This one's actually playing Murmuring Mystic. Ooh, that's a spicy addition. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery, so that's even pretty damn good because you know you're going to be casting a lot of Incense and sorceries in this deck, and. If too many of your, you know, phoenixes and crackling drakes just go bye bye, you got murmuring mystic here that's just gonna be like, I'm gonna keep pooping out birds here, you know. Uh, then when so that was the, oh wait, yeah, these were the ten and 0 decks here, or ten and 0, or the thirty point and twenty seven point decks. Uh, next we got the twenty five point and twenty four points people who went eight one one and eight two. Uh, We have Jeskai Control, this one has more Niv-Mezit in it here, and then we've got Mono-Red Aggro, which, you know, we didn't see any Mono-Red in the top eight. Uh, This one looks to be a pretty standard Mono-Red deck here, oh, nice to see Rekindling Phoenix. Uh, Then we have another Mono-Red Aggro. Uh, This one looks a little bit more burn-heavy compared to this one. Oh, wait, no, 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 that one's more burn-heavy than this one here. Uh, we have another red-white aggro. Not seeing any difference with it. Uh, then we've got another Jeskai control, which looks pretty similar to the other one we've seen. We've got another Izzet's Drake. Uh, Selesnia token, so this is something new here. So this one's playing the new Ajani Adversary of Tyrants, which can, you know, put a lot of counters on your creatures. Um, can also return some stuff back to the battlefield. Uh, it's playing Amara Soul of the Accord, Adanto Vanguard, Venerated Loxodon, Tristani Discordant, which is a good one. Saperling Migration, Flower to, fl- bleh, Flower to Flourish, March of the Multitudes, which is such a good card. Um, so this is a pretty standard Selesnia tokens deck, and I'm surprised this one didn't get any farther because, well, when I look at the Red White Aggro, this one does seem to be a little bit slower compared to Red White, Red White Aggro here, but it can still you know clog up a board just as much, so it may have just been some bad matchups um, because this is still such a good deck here. Uh, we got another Selesnia Tokens deck here from Tarura Kakame. I don't, I don't know how to... I'm so bad at pronouncing these names. Um, looks pretty much exactly the same as the one we just saw. Um oh so here's our first Golgari mid range deck. Um so the Golgari mid range deck has seen a vast evolution. Uh I mean not a vast, but a pretty fast evolution, I should say. Um at first they were playing the two Vraskas, uh Golgari Queen and the Pirate One, but now they've pretty much stuck to the Vivian Reeds, which Vivian Reed turns out to be a really good planeswalker and pretty difficult to deal with too. Um And now, almost all the decks are playing some amount of Carnage Tyrants now, because surprisingly when you're in a, especially a meta that has some really good control decks, a counter Carnage Tyrant is really good against control decks apparently. And when there's a lot of good spot removal too, this one, you know, just says nope to spot removal. But of course with Cleansing Nova and Settle the Wreckage out there, you know, you gotta watch out for that as well too. Um, Doom Whisper, I'm starting to see less and less doom whispers at least ones that I'm facing online and in person but I'm glad to see doom whispers still trying to do some work here um, and then assassin's trophy cast down so yeah pretty typical Golgari midrange this is the more evolved version of the Golgari midrange that we're seeing here in standard right now uh, then we still have another mono red aggro another Golgari midrange ah this one has a spicy edition this one has Karn Sion of Urza and and probably most likely for the uh the plus 1 where you just draw for more cards here um seeing this one has a Vrasco Golgari queen and then another Vivian Reed and so those are really the only differences i see here oh eldest reborn mainboard <clears throat> um that turns out to be a really good card against other that, that card's really good against golgari midrange itself too um It's just a good card altogether. So we got another Jeskai Control. Uh, No difference that I'm really seeing here by Wilson Mock. Oh, these are... Okay, another Golgari mid-range. This one's only playing one Carnage Tyrant in main board. But more Doom Whispers by Matthew Nass. Uh, It's Casper Nielsen, Robert Smith, Red White Aggro, Red White Aggro. Is it Drakes? Uh, What else? We got Edward Vance on Golgari mid-range. See, this one's doing the more... Uh, original Golgari mid range here, from what we first saw. Except, yeah, because this one has two Vraska Relic Seekers and and one Golgari Queen, but still two Vivian Reeds. Um, and then that is about it. So there you have it for the standard metagame. So we can really see the standard metagame at least from the Pro Tour. Isn't that much different from what we've been seeing? Um, now your local meta is probably going to see a lot of red-white aggro or Boros agro, which you know I will say at least in my meta I'm surprised I didn't see more of um, because what I've been seeing in my local meta is a lot of Golgari, a lot of Is it Drakes. Um, Control the Jeskai variant and Selesnya more than anything. Um, do expect to see more Boros aggro out there, red white aggro, whatever you want to call it. Um, so be prepared for that. Be prepared for some board wipes, some good counter spells, um, and make sure you control the game there. You know what I you know? What I'm saying, but um, yeah. So I feel right now, standard is a pretty good, healthy meta game. There doesn't seem to be anything too dominant. Um, right now, uh, aggro does seem to be very favored, but like anything, something else will come along and put a stop to that. Of course, we've got a new set coming out in two months. Um, yeah, about two months from now, and that's going to change everything. I feel like Azorius is going to be broken because we have Teferi right now, and I don't know what they're going to be printing for blue-white. Because that's when Azorius is going to make its entrance in Ravnica Allegiances. I feel like either Jeskai Control is going to take over or uh, Azorius Control is going to take over Blue-White Control. But that remains to be seen right now. And we shall wait two months from that. So I think that about does it for this week's show. And um, yeah. So, if you want to reach out to me for any questions or anything, if, there, if there's something I got wrong, um, you can reach out to me at mtgzubi at gmail.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Magic with Zuby, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Magic with um, Also, on the Instagrams at magic underscore with underscore Zuby. And, yeah, that. And that's about it. Uh, We've gone a whole show without stopping once. Holy crap. I've talked for 40 minutes nonstop. (laughs) I'm so sorry, everybody. But anyways, uh, that is the show there. And have a great night.